Hi, and welcome to the Willow Ridge Church Weekly Podcast. This is where you can find audio for our current and past sermons. We hope that you enjoy this week's installment, and be sure to check back next week to hear the latest message. Thanks for listening. morning. Glad that you guys are all here with us today. And thank you all your families for having your kids in here with us. They'll keep us moving. They'll keep us on our toes. Uh, and we're excited. If they cry, if they make a noise, I'm going to say that's the Lord speaking through them saying amen. And it's just going to encourage me even more. All right. Uh, so we're glad to have so many of you guys here today in worshiping with us. If you've got your Bible, go ahead and open it up to Deuteronomy chapter six is where we're going to be this morning as we conclude our series on discipleship. Uh, Also, as you're turning there, we will take Lord's Supper at the very end of the service together uh, after the band comes up and leads us in one more song of worship. So if you did not uh, get uh, your elements, they are located back here at the exit sign at the back of the auditorium. And right now you can just head on back there and grab you some if you did not get any while you were coming in. And then last and definitely not least, if it's a first time guest that's here, I'd love to meet you. And so after the service is over, I'll be standing back here at the connections table as well. Would love to have the opportunity to connect, learn your name, and thank you so much for for worshiping with us today. Well, I can report uh, we have our family mission trip is going on this weekend in Black Mountain, North Carolina at Black Mountain's Children's Home, and I can report it is going extremely well. Uh, I had the opportunity to head up Friday and to spend Friday night and most of the day with all of the families. My family's up there uh, right now as well, uh, serving together fellowshipping together, spending time together, and so everything's going wonderful. When I get done preaching today, um, I'll head back up there so that we can be a part of family worship together tonight at Black Mountain, and then we'll all be heading back tomorrow. So if you're asking me, by the end of tomorrow, do I know every detail of I-26, the answer to that is yes, all right? I can put cruise control, autopilot, and just go and and do that. And so, uh, but it's just been a wonderful, wonderful time that we can spend together. Um, As I said, mentioned, we're wrapping up our family discipleship series this week. Uh, Next week, we're going to begin a 12-week series in James. And so really excited about that. I know a lot of our small groups are going to be journeying through that with us on Sunday mornings. Uh, We're going to be using the right now media material to kind of work through that. And so maybe you're looking for something for your family. Maybe you're looking for something for for, to join as, as as a family or as an individual in a small group and there's lots of opportunities to be able to walk through that and journey through the book of James. And then I realized this this morning, and like this is crazy because I know it's hot outside still, but when we get done with James, we'll start our Christmas series, right? So it's just right around the corner. Hope you're saving up and getting all your shopping stuff done early, right? Right? So what we got to do. But we're going to look at Deuteronomy 6, starting in verse 1 this morning. So let's all begin there. We're going to read verses 1 through 9. Now this is the commandment, the statutes, and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land to which you were going over to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son, by keeping all his statutes and commandments, which I commanded you all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. 
Hear therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply, uh, may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit at your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. Verse 9, you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. So we're concluding this discipleship series. We've moved through different aspects of, the, of, of discipleship as we think through, as we, as we lose this mindset that, that discipleship is encompassed by, is isolated to a singular event that we go to, whether it be a conference, whether it be a Bible study, whether it be a Sunday school class, whether it be a worship service, and instead look at that God has called us to be disciples, that God's called us to make disciples, and what we find in the context of discipleship is that it happens when, when we're doing it the way that God's designed it to, that it happens in both the formal and the informal settings of our life. So is my small group part of discipleship for me? Absolutely, yes, it absolutely is. But also, is discipleship the part of what happens when my daughter and I go sit down at Starbucks to have a conversation, just one and another? Absolutely. Is discipleship what happens when we sit down and, and have lunch with our, with our friends and engage them in that? Absolutely. Is discipleship what it means when I open my Bible to have my quiet time? I put in a podcast to listen to that teaches me God's word. Yes, that discipleship is all of those in that. And today we're going to look at this, this passage of Scripture that I, that I come back to quite often because what I believe that it does in talking about discipleship in the family is God, through, through speaking through, through Moses, does a beautiful job of saying to the nation or saying to the congregation, this is what it looks like to raise up a generation for the Lord. This is what it looks like for the community of believers, the community of the followers of God, to say we're going to raise up the next generation and the next generation and the next generation to serve the Lord while giving ownership to the family. Really quickly, the illustration that I'll use to kind of see this in a very tangible way that I'm living in the benefit of that, right, is, is this evening we'll, we'll have family worship together, all right? And so what's going to happen is my, Grayson, my, my son, who a couple years ago started learning the guitar, working through learning how to sing and lead worship and do those different things that he feels like the Lord may, may have for them, is going to lead worship for us tonight. And then I'm going to get up and, and kind of do this, this message uh, again for everybody that's up there. And, and that didn't happen because Grayson sat down with me and said, Dad, I want to lead worship. And, 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 and I sit with him as a guy who doesn't know how to play the guitar. Believe me, a guy who can't sing and like say, this is what this means then, right? 
but it's a responsibility of mine to, to help grow him and nurture him as, 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 as God's son, as, as a child of God, but then also to be able to say, like, who else can step into his life to pour in in different ways and, 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 and help grow him in what God's calling him to do, right? And even today, I was, I was sitting there, and, and there's, there's two guys up, up on the stage th- this morning that have done such a great job in different ways of pouring and investing into him to see that happen. And so it's not just on the family, but it's on the congregation. And that's what we're going to get to at the end. So the first thing I want us to look at is I want to look at and, and begin to understand the, the, the setting of this in, in God's covenant. God's covenant. Let's, let's reread the first three verses. Now, this is the commandment, the statutes, and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son, by keeping all his statutes and commandments, which I commanded you all the days of your life, that your days may be long Hear, therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. So we've talked about this a lot, that our God is the God, the only God, but our God is a God who makes covenants with his people. And God, in making covenants with his people, God fulfills what he says he is going to do. And what we see from this is a continuation in the covenant that God has made with Israel that we refer to as the Mosaic Covenant. And you can see this at at Mount Sinai. It's what happens in Exodus 19 through 24. We're not going to go through and read all that. But in Exodus 19, 5, what God does is God reminds his people who are are his people of their obligation in being his people to obey him and to obey his law. And then in Exodus 19, 8, they agree to do so. And so in this, what what we begin to see is in this covenant, what God says to them is, Israel, if you will obey me, God's people, my people, if you will obey me, that God will bless them But if you disobey, then God's going to punish. And it's this dialogue that we see, and and you can go through, and that you can read, and you can see as God's people begin to stray, and God disciplines them with a purpose and a passion to draw them away from what they're pursuing and back to themselves. And so it's this cycle that we see over and over and over again in the Old Testament, and it's a whole nother different message for a different season and a different time, right? But there's so much of that that we can identify within ourselves of what God does as he disciplines us and draws us back in relationship with him when we, when we wander. But what we see here in Deuteronomy chapter 6 is, is Moses is teaching the people about God's expectation for them, or, or maybe a better word than teaching is Moses is reminding God's people of God's expectation for them, and specifically when they will enter into the promised land. And it boils down to this concept of Obey, obey, obey. I'm a dad. I love it when my kids obey. 
and what we see and, 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 and what my parents wanted to beat into my stubborn, hard-headed self then and maybe even still today, right? Is that in the obedience to our Father, in the obedience to that is where the sweetness of life is found. And so what Moses reminds them of is as he's calling them to this, he said there's gonna be some things that happen when we obey the Lord. Whether you're two or 92, there's some things that begin to happen and begin to take place in you and in your life of what happens when you say, I'm going to obey God and what God has for me. He, he says that what's going to create out of this in these first several verses is, is a fear of the Lord. A fear of the Lord, and it's a good thing, is going to be birthed within you and is going to grow in you. And when we hear that, that's a hard word for us to comprehend because when we think of things we're afraid of, they're not necessarily things we want to be close to. But this word fear is not where we get our word afraid. And it actually has a, a, a double meaning that we see in Scripture that joins itself. And the first thing that when you fear the Lord is that you stand in awe or in reverence of him. That to fear the Lord is to acknowledge how big and powerful he is and how little and weak we are. And then when we understand that our God is for us, it produces in us a sense of awe and reverence. And then the other part, what comes from that is a devout relationship to him. So when I stand and I realize the awesome power of God, and then I understand that he wants a relationship with me, what this produces. And so Moses reminds the people, when you obey the Lord, what is created within you is the fear of the Lord. And it deepens your relationship with him. But then in several phrases also that, that Moses uses, another thing that comes from this, another uh, aspect of this is, is what I'm going to call just a blessed life. The fruit of the relationship with the Lord. There's, there's several different things that we see within here that your days may be long, that you, uh, that you will multiply greatly, that you will be in a land flowing with milk and honey. So, so Moses says when you obey the Lord, there's this picture of long life. There's this picture of many descendants. There's this picture of inheriting a land, taking ownership of a land that flows with milk and honey. And, and what Moses is communicating to them, what we're being communicated to today is that this is a picture of a blessed life, the fruit of the relationship with the Lord. Now, it, it must be noted, it's not the promise of an easy life. It's not the promise of a life that doesn't have its own specific challenges, 
but it is a life that is still filled with the milk and the honey that comes from a relationship with the Lord. And so here's what this looks like, that when we go through the battles, when we go through the difficulties, what we're not left with is the bitterness within us, but that even when we go through the difficulties that this world will throw at us, what produces within us as the Spirit of God works and moves is the milk and the honey, the sweetness and the sweetness of the relationship with the Lord. And so Moses begins by reminding people in our call to obey, this is what he has. And then he gives God's command. Look at verse four and five. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And so he reminds them. He gives them the great command and he begins by saying it's right acknowledgement of who God is. Like it, when we take a step back, just a, a picture that God reminded me of this weekend is, is that everything that God gives us points us to him. Everything. Y- yesterday, um, we worked in the morning, and then we had lunch, and then we worked after lunch, and then we had times where, where families could get together, individuals could get together, or, or, or an individual family may decide during this mission trip that they're just going to go spend some time just, just as an individual family. And my family, it's been chaotic lately in the Bradbury household. It feels like all four of us are going different ways. Very few nights are all four of us there for, for dinner together. And so I just said, hey guys, on, on Saturday, like let's just take this, this couple of hours and let's just spend some time together. And so we're there at Black Mountain kind of walking through. If you've been there before or seen the pictures, it, it's beautiful at the West Campus where we stayed. But as we're walking through, I remember looking at the mountains and thinking, man, I mean, God did this. I'm walking through these trails in the woods and, and I'm having conversations with my family. And it was the reminder of God gave me this. On the drive home last night, went through some rain, went through some crazy road construction, went with some crazy drivers on 26, right? And I got home and it was the reminder that God kept me safe. And and everything in this world is a reminder and a picture of who God is and what God is doing for us, right? And so so Moses reminds in, in the command of God that there is only one, that there is no other. And that's gonna be a struggle for God's people then, right? And that's still a struggle for God's people today. One God one God and who he is, right? And so he reminds us, God's command reminds us that in this, right, there's no room for the other gods that we'll attempt to make. That they made their golden calves and so do we. And that in that, there's only one true God. And that what we're to give, what we're to bring, that we should love, it's described as all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our might. And what we see in this is the intellect, the emotion, and the physical being of the person. 
in what God desires and got what God wants and what God commands in awe and in reverence of who he is and in devout relationship to him is the totality of us. God doesn't want the parts of me. God wants all of me. God doesn't want the polished. God doesn't want the refined. God doesn't want the gifted. God doesn't want the confident. God wants all of me. And God wants all of you. And so then what, what Moses does is he gives us, and this is what we're going to look at of mostly this, this morning, what we'll, what we'll wrap up with, is, is he gives God's plan. He gives God's plan. He says you're to remember and to know who God is. You're to obey his commandments. You're to stand in awe and in reverence of him. And then here's what this is gonna look like in your life. Look at verses six through nine. In these words that I commanded you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your, on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. As we look at discipleship, we can look at discipleship and we can look at and evaluate ourselves. And we, as individuals, if we're not careful, we can become the end all of discipleship. This is how I'm growing. This is what the Lord is doing in me. But at the heart of the discipleship, right, from the Great Commission, our call while in ourselves is discipleship. And last week we looked at that and personal responsibility, but it is our call to go and, and make disciples. And so that's what we're doing. So in here, God even sees and, and, and notices and reminds his, his people that yes, you're going to focus on your individual relationship. It shall be on your heart who you are, an authentic relationship with him. Heard somebody say one time, you can't give away what you don't have. And it's got to begin with you, but also for all of us. Not just pastors, not just church staff, not just elders, not just small group leaders, not just youth ministry workers, not just kids ministry workers, but for all of us that we press into each other. And, and Moses says this to the nation as he makes the picture of what he's doing the family. Here's what I would encourage you. Every person, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, has a calling and a responsibility and the unique giftedness and the abilities that God has used in your life to ensure the discipleship of the younger generations that God has blessed us with. And we continue it on. The words that God uses in Deuteronomy 6 is that you'll share it with your sons and your sons' sons. It's a continuational what we see not only in a family, but in a people group of a lineage of a generations of faith. 
passed on and taught about the right relationship with the Lord. And then he gives them a plan. And the plan is, it's so simple. And the plan encompasses so much, in fact, all of our life. In verses six through nine, what what Moses says when this happens, he gives us two words, right? We're to teach and we're to talk. We're to teach and we're to talk, right? Some of us like to teach. Some of us like to talk. (laughs) God gives us all the ability to do both in the context that he lays out before us. He says, teach these to your children and talk about them as well, right? I get up here every Sunday, almost every Sunday, and I teach, I preach. It's what God's called me to do, right? But can I tell you what I've never done at my house? Actually, that's not true. Twice over COVID, I preached in my house, right? I don't think my family dug it, you know? Um, but, but we talk. We talk, we talk. And, and I'll be honest with you, what a great injustice to my kids and to my wife if the only time I talk about the things of the Lord is when I'm teaching it to them. And more time talking with them about it. And so God says you should Teach these diligently to your children and you shall talk of them when you sit at your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. I I love this. When do we talk about things of the Lord? Always. 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 So, So plan number one is we teach and we talk. We teach and we talk, right? The blessing of what God's given me so many times in doing this is the beauty of what is called Carline. We talk. He gives us the beauty of the dinner table. He gives us the beauty of the doctor's office. He gives us the beauty of lunches together. That God's done so many times where we don't have to pull out our Bibles and walk through word by word what this is, but instead we have our time where we talk about the things of the Lord. But then also that we give reminders. He he lists a bunch of different ones there in verse eight. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. And so there's so many things that that are pictured in here of what God says that what I'm gonna do of what you're gonna set before yourself is the reminders and the goodness of the faithfulness of God. And it's a reminder. Tell you a story, the greatest disciple maker in my life was my grandmother. My grandmother, greatest disciple maker that God has ever given me. And if you were to ask me what was this in her life, I would tell you it was her Bible. It was her Bible. The reminder of her relationship with the Lord. Here's what was unique and, and, and beautiful about my grandmother as I remember in her life. So at my grandmother's house, my granddad had his chair, my grandmother had her chair, and they both had tables beside them. And my grandmother's Bible sat beside her chair. And it was always sitting beside her chair or sitting in her lap. 
And the beauty of my grandmother's Bible was this. The pages were worn out and there was never dust on the cover. And it's the reminder of who God is and his faithfulness. Right? Parents, church, make sure that the relationship that you have with the Lord is not an event that you go to, but that your relationship with the Lord is intermingled between all aspects of your life and you're sharing this. Make your home the main source of discipleship. Not just parents, but church, let's hear this. When our kids stand before God, it will not be their GPA, their batting average, or their bank account that gets them into heaven. It will not be the things of this world that we so often make the God that we chase. I'm not saying let's pull our kids out of school. I'm not saying let's pull your kids out of athletics. I'm not saying let's don't set goals for our kids. All three of those things in my house are things we talk about and we work toward. But we look at them and view them as the opportunity of what God has and they are not ultimate in the moment they become God's or the moment or the moment that we need to fall in repentance for him. And this is the hope that we have of our home, of our life, and our church. The command that God gives us. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And that's for all of us. That we don't look and just say, who do I isolate to? But that we look and we say, who do I pour into? Would you pray with me? God, I thank you so much for this moment and these times that we could be in here together. Lord, I thank you for these families that have come here this morning. Lord, I thank you for their desire for their children to be raised up. Lord, I pray for us as a church family that we will partner with them, join hands and hands with them so that we raise up this generation and the next generation and the next generation to live on mission for you, to be found in relationship with you, and to, to live in every aspect of their life. that it is Christ and Christ alone. Lord, look, have us through the power of your spirit examine our lives. And where has our faith turned into this sinful selfishness where it's just all about me? Maybe, Lord, that's in our relationship with our neighbor that we need to share our faith story with. Maybe that's in a relationship with our child 
when we feel like, you know what, they just, they teach them that at church, but that's not where I am. Maybe that's at the stage of life where we feel like we've done that, we've moved past that, and now it's up to someone else to now do it. Or have us see the selfishness of our lives to lay it down before you. Lord, grow us in our fear of you. Lord, grow us in our obedience to you. May we live in the sweet blessings of joy that rise above our circumstances and that are found in you and in you alone. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Thanks again for listening to the Willow Ridge Church weekly podcast. We hope that you enjoyed listening to this week's message. If you'd like to learn more about who we are or explore additional resources, visit us online at www.willowridgechurch.com or by searching for Willow Ridge Church on Facebook and Instagram.